Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. All right, here we are one more time again. Thank you for being with me. I want to thank you for being a listener of mine. I'm just really hoping with all my heart that the things we talk about help you, encourage you. The most important thing for you to know is that you deserve to have this ultimate life. The ultimate life, the way I have discovered it after I've gone through all kinds of dead ends and blind trails and dumb mistakes, is a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your divine gifts. Now, I realize there are lots of definitions, and people that I've interviewed often talk about freedom, and they often talk about money, and all kinds of other things. But when we get done, it really um, is a version for them that allows them to be fully themselves. And my experience have, has shown me that the fullest version of ourselves is to live into our divine potential. Now, you may disagree, you may not believe we're divine beings, but I suspect that in your heart you know that. You are a divine being, and living into that full divine potential is true and biggest happiness, period. Boom. So use the words you want to, but find them. If you hate my words or they don't resonate, then find yours. Okay, what is your definition of that ultimate life, and how can you create it? I'm going to always suggest that it comes from finding and living into your divine truth, your divine nature, your divine mission. Because when I died and had those experiences, I wrote about that. If you don't know, there's a book that I wrote in October of 2018 when I got out of the hospital after my death and, and near death because I was revived. But I had three conversations with God the door between life and eternity. And I detailed those three conversations. And the second of three was quite long. And a little piece of that was I came away with four truths. One, you and I and everyone were divine intentional beings, period. All of us loved divine beings created by God whatever version you want to call that, the universe, anything, but I call it God. Number two is that we weren't just created in this arbitrary way. We were truly given gifts and talents. Now, the world in its situation and circumstance values things differently. So they may or may not align with you know, notoriety, popularity, cash, or whatever, but we were given meaningful gifts in yours, no matter who you are or where you are, just as important as anybody else's. The third thing I know from that is that we all have a, a purpose that spans our life. <clears throat> and it may not just be one thing. In fact, it very unlikely is just one thing. We were given 
um, a mission and purpose, and we agreed. In fact, not only did we agree to that, we were stoked, excited out of our minds to come and do that. Think about that. And the fourth thing is that there, all the help we need to have this ultimate life is available from both sides of that door. And I could say that door because the conversations I had took place at a doorway. And I was leaning on the door jam on my right shoulder on one side, and I hope you're watching the video, and God was standing on the other side of, on the door, of the door on that side. And that side was white and my side was gray. Anyway, the whole thing's written in the book, Meeting God at the Door. Today, episode 665, it follows up on this adversity thing because sometimes in the midst of dealing with our adversity or getting lost in the struggles of life, we forget this and we doubt. Yeah, I don't have any gifts and talents. There is no God. There's nothing to this. It's not fair. I'm hurt more than I should be and on and on and on. And so yesterday we talked about identifying trials and thinking about, you know, the levers we don't control and the levers we do. And today I'm using as background this uh, Buddhist in meditation uh, because it is a key piece of learning for me. The first five books I wrote were a five-volume series on meditation because it matters a lot, and it is one of the most powerful tools for creating a powerful life and for connecting with the divine, finding your purpose, and all that good stuff we talk about. Today, I titled this episode, How Does It Help You? And the it, of course, is your trial, your struggle, your difficulties. And so we left off yesterday talking about um, <clears throat> identifying the things that you could do to live with, to mitigate, to manage, to get through, to learn from your struggles, even your most difficult ones. And today... We're going to take that another huge step forward and ask, how does it help you? Like my understanding from my own experience of the playbook that God uses to run our life isn't one of ease and just, you know, whatever I want. It goes through a lot of swamps and up a lot of mountains and has a lot of skin, knees and broken noses. And some of which I created with my own behaviors and, and with things that were done to me and depression and struggles. And I got all that. But that was allowed because of what others did and because of what I did so I could grow. So then the question I find really helpful to ask is, how does it help me? So here's what I'd like to invite you to do. Look at your most difficult thing that happens. Maybe it's happening now. Sometimes we feel like the one we're doing right now is the most hardest thing we ever did, and there could never be anything so hard, and no one anywhere in the universe can understand my pain and I know we feel like that. I felt like that. It's put in perspective. I mentioned yesterday in a couple of other episodes, we're having a, a Ukrainian a woman and child come stay with us in a few weeks as part of the refugee helping process because of the horrific war that's going on and the madness that that's you know, perpetrated. And so when I look at that situation, losing every single thing you have, they said they have one bag and there's two of them. I think it's a, a daughter and a, and a mother. <laughs> one bag. Your whole world is reduced to one bag. Your husband stays home to fight. And, you know, 60 days, two months ago, everything was normal. And you're doing a life and you're just kind of, you know, maybe taking your daughter to dance lessons. I don't know. And all of a sudden, and so sometimes when we think something's hard, we look around a little and it's like, yeah, I got no problems. Compared to that. But anyway, I want you to consider how your trials, 
have helped you, not hers or not somebody else's, yours. So I want you to think back to the most difficult thing that you have been through. Now, first of all, you notice that you have been through it, unless it's going on right now. You're here, you're breathing. So whatever that was, you're here now, present. You made it. You lived through that most horrible, awful, terrible, very bad day, week, month, year. Now, I want you to ask yourself a question. How has that changed you? How has it changed you? Now, if you list things like it's made me jaded, I never trust anyone, I'm afraid, I've convinced I'll never have success, I know I'll fail and never amount to anything, then it has changed you in difficult and harmful ways. Because you are valuable, you can do whatever you want, you can have success, you can create your ultimate life, and you can be happy right now. Those are the facts. You may choose to live a different life and not have that, but that's up to you. So I'd be not telling the truth if I allowed any other thing to be said. You can have happy now. You can't control the weather, and neither can I, but you can have happy now. Love what is. We talked about that yesterday. Move the levers you can. So now, that's what to do if the list you create when you say, how has that changed me? It's all a bunch of negative things if you're still carrying around anger and blame. And if, in fact, if you are, go back and listen to the 18 episodes we did on forgiveness, creating liberation and freedom. Why would you or I allow some past event to continue to have power in the present? Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Maybe not all at once. Getting the help. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's changing your circumstance. But there are things that you and I can do to change the effects of past events. So let's talk about how things have changed you positively. Because most often we can identify, people say to me all the time, hosts that I, who shows I'm on, guests I have on, just coaching clients, others that I talk to, they talk about struggles and pain and trials and, you know, hardships and offense and abuse they've had. And then they say, you know, but it's done this and this for me. I learned this and this. And they list a whole string of good things that have come from that. And often they say, I wouldn't change it. Even though it was hard, it was horrible, it was bad, I wouldn't change it. Because what? It has made me better. And so one thing that I I know for sure, because it's true with me and true with many I know, and I know it's true with you if you want to find it, your hardships, trials, and negative things have can, if you let them, soften and teach you. They can help you develop empathy, love, understanding, patience, kindness in a way that you would never have developed otherwise. That I know. So when you think about how has it changed me, look at the positive things. I'll give you an example. I told you about my lungs. When I left the hospital in 2018, I asked them, when would I get my lungs back? They said, two years to never. Now, at that time, I couldn't even walk to the bathroom. And the best I'd done in the hospital was clutching what I called my tackling dummy. But really what it was is a, a very, very heavy thing that you know was round like this and then had a a column in the middle. And it was heavy and it was on wheels and it was made for me to clutch and then shuffle forward a little at a time so that I had, you know, the ability with my arms and upper body to hold myself upright. 
First, just doing it across the room from the bed to the door was all I could manage. And in fact, when I was able to do that twice, that was victory. Then I was able to open the door and go out in the hallway. Wow! And come back. And then I was able to go down the whole hallway and back. And that might have been, I don't know, 50 feet. That was celebration. That's how bad my lungs and how weak I was after the weeks in a coma, after I died and they revived me. So my lungs have taught me a big lesson. They've taught me, I call it my lungs, it was my whole body, but when I left, my lungs were really valuable. I've been in fabulous shape aerobically and, you know, even in my late 40s when I had callings in my church to work with the youth, I could you know, go with the Boy Scouts and run up and down the hills furiously and keep up with them and everything else because I kept myself in really good shape. Are you kidding? I'd be lucky if I could take five steps up a hill. So getting trying to get that back was a big deal for me and a huge blow. And on top of that, I love singing, and I was creating music and albums, and I was halfway done creating the second album, which went with Down from the Gallows, my tightrope series, and I was horrified I can't even breathe, let alone sing. And so that was a gift for me because it made me focus, number one, on how precious that is, and number two, really focus on what I could do to grow the lungs in an effective way. Yeah, there's medication and treatment, but I'm talking about growing capacity to sing, right? So I could sing the songs I wanted to. So the question for you now is you've looked at your hardship or hardships, plural, and, you, and you've listed how you've changed. And I want you to think about and be specific. How do you grow right now still from old hardships or ones you're experiencing right now? What, wh- how do you grow? What is your um, intentional process to do that? What, what habits and practices do you have? And if you look at me and go, I just get through the day one at a time, that is a system. It's not the best system. The best system is when you create intentionally that is focused on your growth. So, for example, my singing journey is, you know, I made me buy a lung little machine that measures my breath and has me do cadences in, slow, out, slow, hold my breath and do all this stuff to help that. And then I sing a lot. I do vocal exercises. I've hired a vocal coach. And my singing journey is now to the point where I can sing. I can sing all my songs and I've performed some concerts with a few songs virtually. We haven't done any in-person ones yet, in-person ones yet, but there'll be more coming. So I'm inviting you to think about how your adversity and trial has helped you. Instead of anger, frustration, negativity, blaming, and neg- uh, negative self-talk about it, how has it blessed you? How has it lifted you? How has it helped you, brought you closer to the divine, closer to those you know and love? How is it helping you? Because it is if you let it but only if you let it. And if you do, those trials, struggles, adversities, and difficulties can be a great tool 
to help you as you create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky.